but anyway. All right, so we're going to continue with our book, The Witch Doctor. So, Father, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity in your presence and to learn what you want us to learn. Father, I know that sometimes we're being refreshed in our knowledge, but also we're receiving new things. So give us new things and new understanding so that we can know our authority, Lord. And I bind any kind of false uh, uh, spirit of fear or, or superstition. I just curse every darkness that would try to come in on the tail of this teaching because you are the God of light. You're the God of power and love and a sound mind. And I thank you that this is uh, being received in the right way in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we're on page 32 in our book. <clears throat> and we are talking about this gentleman that uh, Brother Sumrall met. I'm not sure if he led him to the Lord. I think he may have, but he met him while he was a Christian. And this young man was able to share many of his experiences as a witch doctor uh, in uh, South America, in Brazil. And so we're studying this so that we understand more about works of darkness, how to discern them, and how to take authority. You, you always take authority over the devil. Never get real interested in what he's talking about to the point where you don't balance your knowledge of darkness with more knowledge of light. I put it that way. Sometimes people can get very, very, there's a human curiosity about the supernatural. And if you don't get your information from God and learn how to stay with what, what God wants to give you as far as knowledge is concerned, uh, your knowledge will, will not be balanced in authority and power in that realm. The other thing is that you have to stay with uh, God-given authority and God-given uh, people who get their authority from the head. It has to be in line with God's order of things or your authority will not work. You know, many times people want to take authority over the devil and cast out devils and they seem to be real fascinated uh, with that. There's no fascination here. Uh, there's information, amen. <clears throat> there's information and understanding and power if you will yield to the authority that God's placed over your life so that your power will work. Uh, it's very hard if you're resisting power to operate in power. And so you have to understand that there are lines of authority that are recognized in all uh, situations. I don't care if it's the workplace, in the home, wherever it is, there are, are true lines of authority and then there are there's rebellion and, uh, you know, people who operate outside of authority and they want to have power over certain things, but they don't. God gives us power over spiritual darkness, not over people. I wish people could get that straight. You don't have power over me and I don't have power over you. Now, I have responsibility in your life and I have a certain level of authority to operate on your behalf under direction of God and under in response to his word. But I don't have power and control over you, nor do I want it. I want you to go home at night. I don't want you following me around. You know, y'all understand what I'm saying? It's... Yeah. For show, for show. So, you know, that that all ends real quick. So, you know, people sometimes they want to 
want to get involved in people's lives and you can't turn around for them. You know, that kind of stuff. I want you to hear from God in what you do. And uh, if you don't hear from God and God tells me to correct you, I'll do that. But you still got to receive what God has for you. I can't make you do anything. So, And I don't want to. So on page 32, we're talking about the Macumba trance. And we said Macumba is the ritual aspects of this religion. And Umbanda is the religion itself. So we're talking about the rituals and the, uh, um, uh, the uh, ceremonies that they have in order for the witch doctor to perform his uh, power, power acts and deception acts. There's very little power there, uh, just the power of deception. And so you'll find that out. Uh, uh, so it says in Macumba worship, Arlindo explained the people clapped their hands in rhythm as, we, as they sing and dance. Now, that's, there's nothing wrong with that because we all do that, except that in, in satanic culture there is very little freedom to for an individual to be moved and there's a lot of requirement now you know many times you've been in churches where they don't clap shout amen or and the minute you start to feel the presence of god somebody will come to you and tell you to stop uh, you've all been there. And so that's the dark side because the devil requires a certain level of order, structure, discipline. He's a legalist. God is a God of freedom. I know many times when people are new in spirit-filled worship, there's always some busybody that will come to you during praise and worship and want to yank you by the hand and make you get up and dance. Am I right or am I wrong? And that's the religious end where they feel that there's something wrong with you if you don't do things like they do things. And see, when when that happens, you're on the verge of getting yourself over into darkness because the devil must have a certain structure. There is a certain requirement that he must have fulfilled if he's going to come in and dominate and do what he wants to do. God says, worship me and praise me, but he, you know, it's not mandatory. He moves in your heart to do these things and you, you know, you're aided by the Holy Spirit. But if you feel you want to sit there and not lift your hand up or you, you know, you're in a bad mood or you ain't speaking to God today or whatever, he'll let you sit there uh, and skip your deliverance, skip your freedom, skip your joy, skip all of that. See, God has more in store for us if we respond to him, but he doesn't force us. The devil forces us, and we may have to go on for hours and hours before he even shows up. The devil is the king of late to the party, okay? Remember when y'all was like that? Ooh, I got me something new. I'm a, oh, I can't fall in there. I can't be the first one there. When I fall in, I want everybody sitting up there staring at me. That was the devil, okay? In case you didn't know, now you know. So he says in Macumba worship, Arlindo explained the people clapped their hands in rhythm as they sing and dance. With this, the witch doctor moves slowly 
to semi-consciousness and then into a coma. Got me? So they are aiding his descent into the devil's realm. Okay? They're aiding his descent into the devil's realm. With these rituals, he uses gunpowder, candles, wine, beer, cigar ashes to worship devils. Gunpowder, candles, wine, beer, and cigar ashes. So you know what, if I was you and some of that little stuff was still hanging on to my life, just cross them off your list, okay? Huh? A little wine for the stomach's sake can progress to cigar ashes very quickly. And gunpowder. Amen. He says, how utterly strange that these things would be a part of worship. He said, no one who has ever attended a spiritist worship meeting could help but notice the inevitable cigar. Now, what have we seen recently that's gotten to be very popular among some of, yeah, humidors, the, uh, uh, the uh, what do you call, cigar bar or whatever they do. That's like a, yeah, all that's coming back in the popularity among certain groups of people and and people will seclude themselves away from everybody else and go into these rooms where they can freely trade their you know their favorite blunt or whatever you know what i'm saying it progresses very quickly to something else he says every photograph of the sect i have viewed always reveals evidence of cigar smoking i asked or arlindo why this should be the case He said, most all spiritists smoke strong cigars or cheroots when they worship in the belief the smoke brings on spiritual vibrations. Thus, they inhale the smoke deeply into their lungs. It also helps the medium go into a trance. When the medium blows the smoke into the face of the one he is praying for or making a request to the devil for, the smoke becomes a magnetic power and helps him yield to the spirits. What did you do with the (laughs) gunpowder? Right. (laughs) That would be my next question. Them other things, too. In a seance, he explained, I would put the gunpowder in the palm of my hand and let the person who needed prayer strike a match to it. The fire did not burn me, but the petition of fire was granted me by the devil. As the smoke filled the room from my hand, the devil would speak and I would make the request. And so these are offerings and sacrifices made by fire they're not the typical sacrifices of the bible because those sacrifices have been done away with 
So there's no spiritual power there anymore. But the devil can imitate anything. And he can decide if he wants to honor it or not. And it seems the crazier people are, the more bizarre the request, it seems the more he demands from people. Amen. And so <clears throat> these things have a grain of, of biblical truth or history or something like that. But since the advent and the, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, all of those have been done away with, folks. You don't bring the animals to the temple anymore. You don't have the fire. That fire was put out and that temple was destroyed. And that fire was put out. The veil was, was torn from the top to the bottom. To allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of men, which was what God has always wanted. And so these things, these rituals that the devil requires, because there has been truth in them at some point in man's history, will seem a little legitimate and familiar to people. And that's why he requires them. Because somebody will think back and say, well, this sounds like something that would get me close. When they see the candles, it reminds people somehow of some kind of uh, worship, Catholic worship especially, that they've been involved in. Burning candles for the dead and all that kind of stuff and lighting candles and all of that. You see that now in these situations where people have died tragically. They meet for some type of, uh, you know, ceremony. That they have pretty soon people going to start talking to that person that died, trust me. Because they're being set up for it. You know, they got the ceremony already. They got the candle action going. Pretty soon somebody's going to hear them talking in some of these memorial type services for people everybody misses departed loved ones but the time to be concerned about where they are is while they're here if you know christ you can give them eternal life and you can you can have a peace about when they depart you know just between you and me i have no desire to contact my departed husband anymore that man drove me crazy well (laughs) it's a joke everybody okay you can laugh you know what i'm saying but you know i'm at peace about it because i know he's with the lord so you know there's no need we we our business is finished (laughs) i cooked my last piece of chicken for that brother i cooked my last gravy for him and my (laughs) you know what i'm saying for biscuits for show you know all of that stuff and so he's and he doesn't want to come back here and deal with me either when she's been in the presence of the lord you said wife life <laughs> right he said i thought it was till death you ain't you telling me she here right <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh. but your work's finished all the earthly burdens have dropped off and you're a total peace now you know he doesn't have any more aches and pains no more sickness trouble breathing all of the things that plagued him he don't want to come back here and we don't want to talk either i talk to the lord amen 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 you let god deal with it even if it's unfinished business you let god deal with it huh and so he says uh okay he said he put the gunpowder it didn't hurt him he said the devil would speak and make the request. Why? Because the devil wants some kind of attention sack. He wants you to pay for him. And see, in our in 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 Catholic, I mean not Catholic, in Christian uh, um, uh, faith, 
our prices have already been paid. We have to have faith in the price having been paid. That's how we contact God. So he's not requiring a price being paid for, uh, say, like your salvation or your your healing or anything like that. But you must pay whatever cost it, it, it costs you to believe that. See, there's a cost to believing God. It's it's subtle, but it's there. Sometimes it's it's going against the grain of everybody, everything everybody's ever taught you about God to get the truth. Sometimes it's it's sacrificing relationships with people that would pull you away from God. And that's, you know, there's a price always for your faith. If you're going to obey the laws of faith, it's going to cost you. Uh, to serve God, he said to pick up your cross daily and follow him. There's something you that you're not going to be able to do on a daily basis if you're going to follow God. Sometimes it may be things that aren't just out and out bad, but they're not for you. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, a- extra piece of candy or extra helping of something. You know, you know, before you get it on your plate, mm, I shouldn't have this. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I should have it. <laughs> It's not just bad. Food ain't bad. It's just bad the way you want to use it right now. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Well, it's just the way it is. There's a discipline. A Christianity is a disciplined way of life that keeps you walking with God. And, and so that's, there's that to be done. But it's none of this nonsense stuff. Blowing smoke on people. and <clears throat> But then people need something to put their confidence in. And so if they're not in contact with a living God, you have to give them a substitute that makes them feel more like they're doing something for God. And, and so that this is what it is. These rituals serve that purpose. They give people something that they believe they can do in order to contact God and get favor from him. So he says, <clears throat> he says, and when the smoke filled room, uh, the devil would usually grant his request. Arlindo usually responded readily to my questions. If there was ever any hesitancy in his answers, it was only that he wanted to make sure he understood the question. Our conversations, of course, were through an interpreter. Arlindo did not understand or speak English. And the candles. In Macumba, he said, we always had an altar like the Catholics. We had African gods and Catholic saints together with candles. So this is to include everybody. You don't feel left out. Oh, candles. We did that in my Come on in. Huh? African gods with the little wiggle worship. Come on in. You can do that too. And so it's very similar to what we have now in New Age religion. Where anybody, everybody's okay with God. It doesn't matter if you're in sin. It doesn't matter if you're in adultery. It doesn't matter if you're in homosexuality. Everybody's acceptable to God. We don't tell anybody no. Well, in Christianity, we don't tell anybody no either. But you got to repent to get in this. You know, it's, it's no shame in this game, but you got to come the right way. See, nobody comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And you've got to repent and receive that. So you've got to turn away from sin. God don't want you if you still want to sleep around. He don't want you. He's he not going to stay with you and you in somebody else's bed. You've got no business being in. And if you just got to drink and get drunk 
and cuss everybody out and tear up everybody's house. He don't want no party. You got to tell him you don't want that life anymore. Now, if you tell him you don't want it and you're still stuck in it, he will help you out of it as long as he believes that you were, were firm in what you told him. That's why it's wrong for us to judge one another's walk with God because we don't know where that person is. We don't know what they've confessed to God. We don't know what they have told God, you see. But we know right from wrong. That doesn't mean you fellowship with them. When you see them backslid and going the other way, you don't try to keep up with them and go where they go. That You ain't God. You let, That's the Holy Spirit's job to keep up with people when they have turned their back on God. They don't want God anymore. God tells you to pray for them, you pray for them. But you don't run with them thinking you're trying to keep them saved or something stupid like that. Come on now, folks. It's not your job. Never been your job. The Holy Spirit can live with people when we can't. That's his job. He says, when Arlindo mentioned this, I recall that I had read in the outstanding book on Spiritism, A Umbanda Umbanda No Brazil by Dr. Kopelberg, he said that the majority of the Terrios continue to call themselves Catholics. So the majority of these people are deceiving other Catholics into thinking that they are really a part of the church still. So in that way, they don't ever rub anybody the wrong way. Everybody's still a part of them and they don't reject. See this business of clinging to people when they don't want your God anymore. That's that's not Christianity, folks. That's that's not that's not purity. It's not spiritual purity. You're you're a spiritually pure person when you know how to discern good from evil and you know how to deal with it in the godly way. You don't tell God what to do about people. He knows what he's doing. He knows the end at the beginning. He knew when them people were saved that they would backslide, what they would do, how far back they would go, and what he would have to do in order to retrieve them. We ain't that smart. You know, it's you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You don't work out anybody else's. You know, I was married to my husband, prayed for him to to be saved for over 10 years. I didn't try to work out his salvation. And that was my husband. I desperately wanted him to be saved and know the Lord. But I had to trust God with that. I couldn't follow him around and trying to make him come to church and trying to make him pray and trying to make him checking on him and making sure he was still walking with God. It's not your business. None of your business. That's God's. His salvation belongs to the Lord. You know, we got to make sure that we're saved and we stay saved. You can go to hell following backslidden people. Huh? Because you refuse to let go of them. That's the biggest let go and let God we need to master. You know, it's letting people go and letting God decide what they need, when they need it. I'm all for sharing your testimony with people, sharing Christ with people, but you got to get God to open the door for that. He also affirmed that spiritists use the Roman Catholic rosary. 
They have always belonged to the Roman Catholic Church, he said. So they are accustomed to using the rosary. However, the devils required diverse types of rosary and had the people pray different kinds of prayer. Well, you know they don't want to pray in the word. So anything else they can put in there, they throw it in there just to keep it mixed up. They don't dare want you saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They're going to take that one out first, you know. So they mix it up. They give you the prayers they want you to pray. He said, I was curious to know why spiritists use wine and beer in their Oh, come on now. How you think people are going to go in comas if you don't give them some drugs? Whenever drugs are involved, you know the devil's involved. You don't need any drugs to contact God, not the God of heaven. He says he gave him an astonishing answer. He said, because different devils demand wine and beer. Some would demand white wine. Some would demand, and now I've met some of these people. I met these same devils with skin on. When I was in the world, you meet these people. Well, I don't drink anything. I drink nothing but. I only drink. And it was the biggest drunks you ever saw. I, I, I don't. I, I drink top shelf. I drink. Uh, I drink shivers. Uh, when shivers left, they drank Boone's Farm. They drank. They get in the medicine cabinet and get the rubbing alcohol if you didn't watch them. Biggest lushes and drunks. Nothing but the best, though. See, the devil always wants you to waste your money on, on him. God doesn't require anything. He's a just as I am kind of God. He'll receive your best. He doesn't demand your best. God's not a taker. He's a giver. You offer up to him what you desire in your heart to give him. He's not making demands. I remember when people started to abuse the law of tithing in the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't sitting next to a thief. Are you a tither? I see y'all don't know that kind of abuse. See, it sounds strange to you, but I've seen it and I've been in churches that do it. Huh? Huh? People uh, would would share reports about churches where they went to visit and, and check the box that they wanted one of the elders to come and visit them at their home and tell them more about the church. And they said this one church we went to, they asked us for a paycheck stub so they could know how much money to expect us to give in the tithe. God's not a collection agency, folks. There's no faith on that. There's fear of man. You fear man instead of God, you get the same, you get the reward of fear of man, people. You understand me? You get the reward of faith in God when you believe God for and believe his truth and his word. It's good to give to God. It's good to tithe and it's good to go beyond the tithe. If God moves in your heart, if you can trust God to that level. But as far as somebody coming demanding you to do certain things with your money, that's not God. It's never God. He says different devils demanded wine and beer. Some would demand white, some red. 
Some would demand very expensive wine or they wouldn't perform for me. So it's go out and buy me a bottle of champagne or you ain't getting nothing. I'm telling you, I know some people like that. It's the truth. On certain days, some of the devils would demand drink and the same devils on the other way would demand meat. So you couldn't predict what they would tell you to do. He said the greatest thing the demons wanted was blood. They would scream, I want blood. I want blood. And I know some people like that, too. We can have no worship until you produce blood. As we delved in the peculiar rites of witchcraft, it became apparent the use of blood and sacrifice was predominant in devil worship. I asked Arlindo to explain what this blood was supposed to do. The gods who are devils <clears throat> demand, demanded blood, he said. We could not contact them without blood. Not all of the demons wanted the same kind of blood. Some demanded goat, others chicken, others a dove or a pigeon. The devils also had different ways of using this blood. Some devils had us spill the blood on the ground. Some had us rub it on a human. Some insisted we drink the blood. At times, a witch doctor extracted the blood of humans and drank it. Some of the demons had us pour blood into bowls and then offer it to them as a gift. One god had me offer a dove, and this was always a good omen. You see how that's borrowed from the word? I offered this blood and told the person to go to the Roman Catholic Church. And as the priest was raising the host at the altar, he would be healed. That is exactly what happened. See, when they're all tied into the same witchcraft, lying signs and wonders are produced. Huh? So unless this Catholic church had been under the control of demons, they would not have had this kind of connection so that this could happen for this person. Now, understand this. When devils give you something, there's always a string attached to it. If they take a disease off, they can put it back on at will at any time they want to. And trust me, the devil doesn't want anything for you to be done of the good permanent. So it's all a way to deceive you. What very often happens in these kind of situations is whatever payment you made to get what you got, you'll have to make more payment in order to keep it. It's always going to be threatened to be taken away from you. And so you have to understand that money is tied very much into witchcraft, as are these different rituals, as are these different presentations and demands that the devil makes. All of these things are tied in together. He, he said, I asked Arlindo who were the gods of spiritism and Macumba, and if he had known many of them personally. There are many, he told me. When I was a Macumba witch doctor, I personally knew over 100 demons. Oxala is the one we call the big God. So we know there's a structure and a hierarchy to this demonic force or this demonic kingdom. And so if he paid enough price, did enough rituals, did enough things the right way, he could eventually get to talk to the top big God or the big spirit that was in control of things.
one devil would not tell me his name, but he called himself the captain of the host of the insane. You see how that's stolen from the book of Joshua? Amen. The captain of the host. Well, he's the captain of the host of the insane. You must remember there are classes of devils. I consulted one who called himself the exchange of heads. I had called this devil to heal a man who was expected to die of a terrible sickness. Exchange of heads told me to baptize the the man with the blood of a rooster from head to foot. I killed the rooster, poured and rubbed blood all over the over the man. He did not die of that disease. Brother Sumrall Arlindo continued, there are legions of devils, demons without number. When I went into a different place to live or to visit, I could always contact the spirits there. So there's an exchange of power as you go from region to region. Now, we know that from our experiences in prayer and travel and from the word of God. Amen. Uh, Paul talked about the different demons that were in charge over different cities where he would go. He said, I fought the beast of Ephesus. That means that he fought the devil that was in power there when he cast a spirit of divination out of that girl that kept following him. That whole city was was left without any means of making money because she kept bringing money into her masters by her fortune telling. So apparently a fortune telling spirit probably had a stronghold, if not ran that whole city. He says, how did these spirits come to you? Did you invite them to come or did they come unbidden? Both ways, he said. Sometimes they would come unbidden or, or voluntarily. At other times I had to seek their presence. So you can see that the devil has people that he keeps very busy contacting him for power, contacting him for authority contacting him for false and lying signs and wonders. It's possible that the devil can remove symptoms by removing the spirit that's causing the symptoms from these people. He's not healing anybody. Jesus is the only healer. You have to get that in your head or, you know, people will start to start to believe that there are other people they can go to for help. And trust me, that's getting more and more common now, more and more common. They're looking to these mediums and psychics and all these people. And you see people with them on television and, oh, they're so nice and they helped me out and and I started to heal and my life has never been the same. Well, if you're deceived in the thinking, that's what you need in order to get over somebody's death or something like that. You know, I feel bad for people who lose a loved one, but come on now, it's not the end of the world. It happens to all of us. We're all going to lose somebody that's important to us. Death is a fact of, of living on this earth. And God has a way to help people. There have been people who are losing loved ones since I've, I've known life. And they don't commit suicide, they don't lose their minds, they don't fall apart, they might take it hard for a season, but somehow God always comes through for people who lose somebody, and life goes on. They pick up and they keep going, and they have a life, and it doesn't end because they lost somebody. 
And see what people are doing, these psychics are doing on television, they're building this up, losing a loved one to be the biggest tragedy anybody can face. And you got to call these people to come and help you and uh, get a word from the beyond and tell you what, what Uncle Joe wants to say to you today. And they've been talking to him and all this foolishness. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And God will deal with that. God's big enough to take care of people's hurts, take care of their wounds, take care of their disappointments, take care of their failures, take care of their lack of motivation, lack of desire to go on. You know, he will remove grief from people if we let him do it. Many times God wants to help people and we don't let him help us. We'd rather hold on to some fake emotion to give us an, an, uh, an excuse to get attention from people or to backslide. A lot of Christians think that it's, it's legitimate to backslide when they lose somebody. I've lost. You're going to live long enough. You're going to lose some more somebody's you keep living. You understand me? If you're going to lose your mind now, what's going to happen when, when you lose your spouse? Or you lose your mother. What are you going to do? You're going to go rob somebody, jump off a building or something? That's no excuse to walk away from God. That's a reason to walk toward God. He's there to help us with our losses. He's there to help us in our needs. He's there to help us with all of these things. You don't let the devil get into your life just because you've had a loss. The Bible says these temptations are common to man. These are common situations that help happen to people. You don't want them to happen. And there's a loss there and there's pain there. But God, if you'll let him, he's bigger than all of these painful situations that we we think we're going through. You know, people lose a a spouse and, and think it's, you know, an excuse to go start drinking and become an alcoholic or Uh, You know, people oftentimes will spend extravagant amounts of money, they say, trying to get over their grief. Got me? I didn't feel that bad. Now, I've been stupid in my life before, and I didn't want to go back there anymore. But I found that holding on to God helped me to walk through this like a Christian is supposed to go through it. Casting your care upon God every day trusting god to get you up every day when you didn't feel motivated to get up you had to trust god to to motivate you to get up or you get up anyway and motivation was on the other side of the bed when you got out of it but god helped you and he got you through these things so there's no excuse folks for turning to this kind of darkness for help or turning to the dark side for uh, some kind of little ritual that you think is going to help you. There's no no excuse to to try these things out for believers and, and just call up one time and call just to see what they're doing. That's the devil right there. Because if there's one thing the devil loves, he loves to get a Christian over on his side of the line. Huh? You think your life was difficult before you get over there where the devil calls the shots in your life and see if you don't regret it every day if you got a brain. So God wants us to understand these things, folks, so that we can discern because you can see they're encroaching on the church every day. You can see the church making excuses for for their uh, lack of confidence in God. 
pressing people for finances and things of this nature. All of these things introduce darkness into God's kingdom, but his kingdom is a kingdom of light. And part of what he's called us to do as watchmen is to keep light light, to pray that the light gets brighter, that the darkness is dispelled and exposed. Because most people, if they knew that the devil was underneath many of these things, would not get involved in them. And part of what we are called to do is enlighten the the understanding of humanity so that we can understand what's of God and what's not of God. All right. So you want to take your your quiz so everybody can wake up now.